Let me see. It's supposed to come to me, right? Yeah, it should be. The, it ain't to you yet. There we go. What you mean, there we go? Open your ears and listen. Direction for your ambitions. New narratives. This is community coalition. Hey, yo, we're back here today. It's 119 Media Group. We're here, two of us. So it's not 360 today. We just like to use the music. Yeah, it's. it's so it's just me and Dory talking today. Two is a party. Two is a party. Two is a party. Two is a party. And then we keep one on the phone. Okay. So what's going on, man? How was your week today? Uh, my week's pretty good, man. It's Friday. Thank God it's Friday. TGIF. I get a time to depress. Hard weekend. Ready to get the weekend started. Ready to get the weekend started. Ready to get the weekend started. So what you do this weekend? Tomorrow I'm going oh, to the oh beach. yeah you go to the going beach to, you know, go to the ocean a little bit okay. some crab legs you say right crab, crab legs, legs seafood yeah. I'm going to the beach put happy, my feet in the sand happy birthday Twyla McAllister Oh, happy birthday and on the line we have all the way from New Jersey oh man they call them that's right <laughs> <laughs> listen you know I was um I was just talking about you man Hope it was I good. was just well, not you. I'm just talking about my children. Okay. <laughs> I was telling, I was telling this sister, right? Because the incident had come up, and it reminded me, and it took me back to your sister. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I was saying, you know, most of my life, you know, I was in jail, this, that, and other, this, that, so forth, and so on. I said, so when I finally got my life together, I wanted to establish a relationship with my children. So I said, I had a conversation with both of them, right? I said, you know, I know I wasn't here, yada, yada, yada. And I said, um, but I'm asking to be a part of your life. If you accept me, I appreciate it. If you don't, I understand. And this is the conversation I was just having prior to you calling. Word. And I, and I said, they, I, and I said, they allowed me back in their life. And I said, that, that was good. Mm. I said, but an uh, uh, incident had come up with my daughter and I knew she was all out wrong. But I was too much of a coward to tell her she was wrong because I said, boy, I just got back in. I don't want to mess this up. You know what I mean? And so I had a conversation with her mother. And her mother said to me, you know what? You claim you love your daughter. Now, if your daughter's wrong, you need to tell her she's wrong, no matter what the consequences is. Because right. if you love her wrong, you need to tell her she's wrong. Mm -hmm. You know? So it's almost as if I was putting myself. No, it wasn't almost as if. It was definitely I was putting myself and my own security, for lack of a better word, in front of the welfare of my daughter. I just wanted to say that. Anyway, you was trying what's to going on? you was trying to protect you was trying to protect your um that you just got back in there. The, yeah, my, yeah. Relationship, my, my relationship, the relationship yeah. that you're trying to build. 
yeah, but that was cowardly of me. Yeah. You know, in retrospect, when I look back, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And she told me, she said it, you know, and when she said it, you know, it was, it was right on point. It was like, don't. And so I did what I needed to do. Yeah. You I know, guess that's what, you know, I the guess what that's what parenting <laughs> is about. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. You want to know what's crazy, though? This what? week I was thinking. It's hard to be a man. <laughs> Tell me about it. it is the end. Yeah, yeah. And but everybody has the definition of what a real man yeah, is. Right, right, right. Every um, a woman, a a anything they have a every other person besides a man has the definition of what a real man is. A real man wears pink. A real man pays all the bills. Yeah, yeah right, right, right. <laughs> a real man does this. Yeah. A real man does that. A real man cry. A real yeah, man yeah, cry. Yeah, yeah, a real yeah, man yeah. make sure his kids have that. Yeah. yeah. A real man yeah, make sure his wife feels yeah. this way. Yeah, yeah. A real man make sure he feeds the dog yeah, every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the man takes the trash. You know, yeah. every, everything. Everything. The man got to open the door. Yeah. Then yeah, he got to. Yeah, yeah. Then he got to pay for the um the food at the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and all those traditional those are traditions and customs, right? Right. But you know what? You got to try to separate gender and just say a man. Take a man and just put him as an adult. You know, take the gender out of it and just an adult. Mm, right. When you maturity, whether it's man or a woman, you know. But a lot of stuff, like you just said, it's tradition. Man does this, a man's supposed to do that, a man's supposed and it's, and it's custom, you know. But um, a lot of that stuff, uh, a lot of that stuff we were taught were, was not correct. Yeah. Because it's like, you, you couldn't have caught me in no pink 20 years ago. You ain't going to melt me and pour me in no daggone pink. Nah, but right true. now, I've got a few pink pieces, and I like the way I look at them, too. And you say you heard me. He old school. Yeah. Talk about I got a, a few pink pieces. Yeah, yeah you couldn't melt them and pour. <laughs> you couldn't melt them and pour them over twenty years ago. <laughs> but the saying, there's a saying, James, that uh, and, and I know you know it. Who's James? I'm sorry. There's a saying. Er, yeah. <laughs> Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Or the starter cap. Or the fitted. But the crown is heavy, man. The crown is heavy itself. There's so yes, much we, we have to do. We have to be accountable for as an adult, yeah. as an adult. Yeah, as an adult. But you know, another thing, and I, I'm sure my son's going to cuss to this, you know, a lot of the stuff we got to learn on our own. Yeah. Some of us are yeah. have kings raising. Right. Kings just to be king. But then a lot of us have to come into our own. You know? And although we come late, Thank God we come. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know? exactly. 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 There's there's no there's no there's no time limit on, on when you become a man or an adult. You just gotta get there. William Robinson. We on the phone, man. We we actually we live, man. We just put you in on the radio. I'm here, Dory here, my father's here, and you call, so I just put you in. What's up, my brother Keeper? What's up, bro? What's up? Hey, you, you jump in, man. You, you, you all, you, we live, man. Whatever happened to? Am I my brother's keeper? Huh? 
<laughs> the plug. It became my people's keeper. A moment of information. Impartation. Okay. Well, that's what's up. You know I had to shout you out, William. William, my pops is on the line. His name was Erwin Scott. You know the consequences of being your people's keeper. And if you ain't prepared for the consequences, uh, if you ain't prepared for the consequences, I would advise you to stay away from that. Now, some of us, are, we, we may not be prepared for the consequences, but we realize the consequences and the message out with the consequences. That's right. And I'm going through that. That's well, right. I mean, the only thing I can say, man, is um, when you're chosen, man, you, you really don't have any debate. And I'm not saying that that's a cocky face. Yeah, um, when you're chosen to do a thing, you know, you can think a lot of things, but oftentimes, because you're chosen, you, you're placed in it. And whatever consequences come with, with it, you know, I mean, it come, when it comes, you just deal accordingly. But when you're focused on the call or when you focus on the assignment, those consequences that come, it's already taken care of when, when you know that there's a higher power that got you. That's right. Yeah. Hey, that's right. He, is, he, he is a people's keeper. Hey, that's good stuff, my brother. That's right. Yeah. So how was your weekend, William? Huh? How was your week, sir? Man, the week has been progressive, man. We're, we're, we're excited. Uh-huh. You know, about um, definitely getting through the week. Oh, okay. <laughs> getting ready for the weekend. Oh, yeah. Cause it's it, been productive. Uh, hey, I have some great reviews of uh, the show that me and you was on, on your show. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. I think I'm going to talk to the agent. See what we can, yeah, talk to the agent, see what we can do, see if we can take this on the road. <laughs> take the show on the road, my hey, brother. Hey, Will. Hey, hey, you, you know you uh when you take the show on the road, you can't leave your frat behind, man. Oh, well listen. <laughs> when you uh <laughs> listen, I say this right here. You know, uh this uh shout out to Bishop Jake. I mean, hey, you know, when when he when he got a show on the road, you know. He got people in place that'll take care of the flight while he's gone. So. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to leave me to take care of the <laughs> <laughs> I got to oh, take care of home while you're on the road. Uh, <laughs> I got you. Will, we, we, we got to go. <laughs> we got to go. We got to go. I got you. I got you. How's the family, man? Well, you know go ahead. You know, I was, you know, I'm glad you brought that up, man. I've really been, really been thinking about that, man, about the show, man. And um, really, I felt like I felt compelled that we need to have more more conversation, um, wow. you know, with fathers, um, you know, just kind of just to talk about some of the trends, some of the things that, um, you know, now that you see as a, as a father yourself and you look at some of the battles that you, you deal with. And again, when we look at the, uh, absentee fathers, you know, this thing is not easy. It's definitely, there's no, you know, we, we're not trying to compare the two, but, you know, there's no, there's no other way but to compare at times. But, but the focus is talking about fathers. So sometimes we start talking about fathers. Well, what about the mothers? Well, you know, we get all of that. But, but that's why we're talking about the fathers because, you know, because there's a, uh, a, a void or a, a, or a missing space for a lot of them, we want to talk to the positive so that we can try to help fill those voids. Right. Yeah. Because, again, you know, um, this thing ain't easy. A lot of, a lot of people have died from it. 
<laughs> a lot of people, you know, they had heart attacks, all that kind of stuff. And a lot of people that we do know, they ran from it. You right. know what I mean? Right. And so when you when you decide to stay and to choose each day to be a father, and you start thinking things out, because again, like you know, like uh, brother Fred has talked about, and you, and you know, and even um, the other brother um was on with, with us. You know, there's no owner's manual. You know, there's no owner's manual to it. And so you, you try to find, if you didn't have the model, you know what I'm saying? You try to find a model that would, you know, that help bone those pieces together to kind of help you through. And, do, and even when you have a model, sometimes you just want to see, man, that pop, listen, dad, I, I mean, now I, I mean, I'm getting it. I see why, you know, you was working two and three jobs and stuff. Mm. I see now. I see mm-hmm. why. I see, I see why, you know what I'm saying? You had to walk out the door for a little bit. And go, you know, sit in the back and take a breather for a minute. Oh man! Came in the house. I get it now, brother. I see why you slept on the chair. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I get it. I do. I do. And so, you know, at the end of the day, man, you, you we got to be thankful and grateful that number one, they decided in, in spite of, and again, we ain't perfect. They wasn't perfect, mm. but the fact that they did their best to fight through. You know, all of the, you know, challenges, you know, all of the drama, all of the trauma, you know, that speaks volumes. And so we got to do our best to try to keep lifting each other up the, um, the best we can and putting it out there. Because sometimes these are the discussions that we don't, we don't have, you know, the women, they talk about it all day. All day. So they got mama, grandma, all auntie, day. all them. All day. And all, and all the time, opportunities that we get in the barbershop at that, you know what I'm saying? You know, and again, I... I appreciate Barbershop 1 and 2. I do. But I think that there was something sacred that should have been kept. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 That's cool. Yeah. You right about that. Hey, man. Hey, Will. You know, everything you're talking about, man, is, is, is on point, man. I come from a place where my dad told me that um, no matter what the cost was, that he was, he was going to stick it and stay and he was going to raise his kids. Um, and I'm a product of that. And, and, I, and I find myself, like you said, there's no, there's no manual to it. You know, I can remember being 23 years old, having five kids and being married. There was no manual. I didn't, I didn't have any, anybody to say, hey, this is how you do it. This is what you do. I didn't have any of that. All I knew was the words of my dad who said, no matter what, you raise your kids. So you weathered storms. We weathered storms. We weathered disagreements. We weathered whatever we had to do to make sure that... I one was going to be there to uh, to raise my kids, um, yeah. and like you said earlier, when you came on, sometimes you don't have to know all the answers. You just have to accept the assignment. And uh, once you start accepting the assignment, man, everything else, you will find a, a mentor. It'll fall into place, man. It'll, it'll fall into place. That's good stuff, Will. That's good stuff. I remember when you told me that about your kids. Yeah. We were talking about child support yeah. a long time ago, yeah. and you told yeah. me, um, if I have to pay that, then I'll, find, I'll pay that, and I'll, I'll make it how I can. I'll make it how I can. I didn't understand that then. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. I said, yeah. man, you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put, put a plug right here. And you, right now where we are, and we're sitting here talking right now on this in this moment, and for from from our show, when, Men's Men, when we did the show, when you came on, and we were able to talk to Fred and, other, and my brother. What's my other brother's name? Jim Jones. Jim Jones, that's right. Real Jim Jones. Jim Jones. <laughs> um, and just for you to play back in your mind, you know, 
meeting them and talking to them and how they were able to get you through and meeting their dads and, and even with you right now talking to my brother and talking about remembering the moment when yeah. he was going through this whole situation with the child support. Yeah. I believe that this right here gives confirmation that we have the mandate right now to really start unifying and helping each other as men, especially when you talk about men that deal with mental, in, uh, mental illness in private. Yeah. When you talk about men that are silent with dealing with not having nobody to tell them I'm going to stick it through. You go, you just got to stick through. You just got to fight. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that this is really, we're on to something because again, we hear about it all the time. What about, what, what, what about this? Did they beat that? What about Nick? Don't do nothing for you. What about one that don't come? What about that? What about, well, we hear all that. Forget about all that. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. focus is the ones that's here and the ones that's doing. Yeah. And again, Lou, Lou, it's all, it's all good, Lou. I ain't got to fight you, Lou. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, Phil, you think you, oh, you better than me, huh, Phil? Huh? You better than me because you, Lou, <laughs> it's all good. To <laughs> 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 so all, so oh, all the Lou's that's out there, all the losers out there that feel that way, it's all good, T. You know, at the end of the day, <laughs> feel, the fields are going to do what they got to do to stick it out. That's right. Make sure their children and they, they, they niece, they nieces, their nephews, the travel ball team, the boy, the, the little boy down the street in the neighborhood, we're going to yeah. do what we can to make sure that they good and they have at least, at least if, listen, if, if, if I can't, if I can't water him, at least I can plant the seed. Right. Yeah. But but, uh, but Will, that that's how it used to be back in the day. Because I, you know, I can remember hearing so many stories on 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 how uh, fathers back in the day used to the clown is heavy, man. The clown is take up time yeah. with kids. But some way, somewhere along the line, we lost that. We okay. we forgot about that. We we put that to the side for some reason. I, I just can't put my hand on why we did that. But when we decided to do that, all these other things started to take take effect. You know, I know when this. I know when it started. I know you know when it started. Wait, so when the crack came, crack epidemic. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Families yeah. weren't families no more. That's true. Yeah, because yeah. like when I'm, if we go back, I'm gonna take y'all back. All right. Like um, we said that. Uh, did my dad say that? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. Remember when we used to we... Hello? I'm just listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. But remember when we was talking when we was doing the crack epidemic, we said um like the nephew didn't respect the uncle no more because the uncle was doing drugs. Yeah. And the daddy was yeah, gone. No yeah. And right. then that son probably was the bread the bread went in the house. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So that's where right. the family that's where the family broke down yeah. at. Yep. Yeah. Wow. So I, I always yeah. say that's when our that's when our community went bad because that's when the family went bad. Well, actually, actually, I mean, there was a heroin epidemic too. If you don't, if you, yeah. well, you guys probably too. In the that came before the crack, right? When, when, yeah, when was that? Crack. When was that? When was the heroin epidemic? That in the seven. The heroin. It was the heroin and the AIDS. They mm. both went hand in hand. You know, because remember, people were shooting heroin. You couldn't shoot with the same uh, needle if the person had AIDS. You're gonna catch AIDS. But anyway, that that devastated the community. That that wiped out whole family. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So and then so go ahead. And then and then later on, the crack just came and just just did the rest. Finished it off. The yeah. 
But it started with the heroin. It started with the heroin. They were putting heroin in our community. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think younger people did more crack than they did your ages were younger and cracked in heroin or the heroin and crack? crack? Uh, I think more damage was done with the crack. I'm talking about with... It was a different high, different high because, again, as you know, you know, I don't say this, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't brag about this, but I've done both. Uh-huh. You know, I've exposed the both. And with the heroin, with the heroin, the type of high you get off of heroin, you one shot, you good. You good. You mm. lay back. That crack, okay. you just got to keep going yeah. more and more and more. Wow. You have to have the resources. Mm. Yeah. If you don't have the resources, you know, the addiction is so, the addiction is so intense. If you're going to find a way to get that money, to get that crack, and you don't care if it's your mama, your brother, or whoever, that was different. With, the heroin was different than that. Yeah. Mm. So, that, um, so the, but it was a I'm sorry. So the heroin, I mean, how you're explaining, it was kind of like a more laid-back, subtle type yeah. of high. Yeah, that crack, especially that crack. Now, people mistake crack from, for cocaine. Crack is not altogether cocaine. It might have some cocaine in it, but it's really amphetamine, right? And wow. it keeps you up and going and going. Your eyes just wide. You're just going for days and days, almost like this. Crystal meth they're going now. You know? And so, again, and you have this sensation to do more and more and more and more. And with that sensation, you you know, you want to get more money to do it. So, you know, but yeah, you're right. But it did help devastate our community. Oh. And you you was on point. You said that um, there was really no resources in the community. I mean, I'm talking about the city. I'm talking about metropolitan. I'm talking about the city area. There was really no, 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 no opportunity there for these kids, you know. And again, the house without was without a father. There was no father. The mother was officially the head of the household, and she was on what uh, public assistance. And all of a sudden, here come this crack. And it was like you said, these kids found out that they can make money off these cracks. So they bring money home now. You remember back in the day, you couldn't bring nothing home that to was. your house, to your mother's house. No, nobody closed or nothing. You couldn't bring nothing. You couldn't even steal a bike and bring it home. Where mm. the hell, where you get that bike from? <laughs> you right. know what I mean? But with that crack, these kids start bringing that money home. These mothers didn't have no money. So they start accepting money from these kids to pay the rent and to do this and to do that. So that's letting these kids, sending the message to these kids that it's all right to do that, uh, you know? Right. And they're out there and they're hustling. Now, all of a sudden, a lot of the, uh, like me, like me, me, and I'm, I'm speaking from experience, um, that was messing with drugs prior to that crack, because remember, there was base. Remember Richard Pryor and base? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Base was cocaine cooked down to its purest form, right? Mm -hmm. And it was smoking it. Mm. Yeah. Well, a lot of people, and then that crack came out. They call it Ready Rock, remember? Yep. A lot of wow. people thought that Ready Rock was that base, but it wasn't that base. It was that infetimate. So they got caught out there like me on that crack. Because remember, 
cocaine was like a weekend thing. You can do coke over the weekend and go party, sniff you some coke. And go on right back to work. What they used to call a weekend you warriors. Work, 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 yeah. Work. yeah, yeah. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Huh? Yeah. And then, and then wow. football during the week and without even having needing any drugs, right? And then the weekend comes, you put your little money, at, you know, they call it recreational, right? Yeah. And when right. that crack came out, when that crack came oh. out, you couldn't do it no more. Just the middle. You missed the weekend. Gone. I, I went to work on some crack and that got fired. I was driving a forklift and almost tore the man building down. So check this out we, now. We, we, we talk, we're talking about we talk what destroyed the black family and what destroyed the drugs. Yeah. So check this well, out. We, I got okay, one thing. Okay. Now, how did I devalue our women, our black women? Hmm. Repeat that. That's a good one. Repeat that. I said, how did it devalue our black women? How did it devalue our black? Because I was, you know, I'd be riding, what? you know, I'd be riding, and I, and I was just thinking about, like I said, when we started, what a real man was, right? Everybody got their definition of a real man, right? Then I started thinking about women. I started to think about the, even when it goes way back from when the woman was in the, um, you know, I take everything back to slavery when the woman was in slavery, right? And how, um, how she was used to control a man, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think it's three to four dynamics to it. Okay, I think it's that. I think it's that the uh-huh. Willie the Willie syndrome. What syndrome? That, the Willie Lynch syndrome. The Willie Lynch syndrome. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one that goes back to slavery. Okay, let me. You know, again, I got your man, but in order for me to make sure that I control what I need to control. Let me devalue him. Let me castrate him in front of you so you can see this. That's right. To make him, to make him, you know, worthless. That's gonna, if that's the image in your head, and also the image that's gonna, you know, devalue him. But then let me also go ahead because again, I want to control this. So again, your your sons haven't been born yet, but they're about to be born. So let me put this fear in you in order, and that's gonna take you to say, well, they took him, they took the provider away from me the foundation away from me and evaluate him. I don't know what to do, but let me protect my, let me protect my baby, my son. Mm -hmm. So you keep your head down. You don't look, you don't say nothing because I got to make sure I keep what's left of any type of man for me. Right. Right. So now I got to, you know, I love, you know, as they say, some some people put it, they raise their daughters, you know what I'm saying? But love their sons or or whatever, you know, some people put it. I think number one, that's, that's one. The other, I think, goes back to not only when we talk about the the drugs and the, the heroin and all of that, but again, what led to that? And I wanted to ask Pop that question, just you know, just asking if you would like to answer, like what what led you to say, okay, you know, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try this drug. please finish. Yeah, and so you know. So again, now you're talking about jobs. It's a struggle to get jobs already. So you get to the civil rights movement and all of that. You work in people's land. You work in people's field. You're barely making enough to even keep the land that ain't even yours to stay on. Because again, all of the foolery that, you know, oppressors have already done, you know, to make you feel less. And you're struggling having to deal with a white man or whatever the case is. 
to to get money from from their business or their employment, uh, and then now you go and and so there's a struggle there, there's a stress there on the man, but also the woman too, because she up she up there working at their house, you know, cleaning their clothes, you know, taking care of their kids. Yeah. So there's there's a whole lot of dynamics that that goes into play. with start now you're starting to devalue because again, I'm putting you guys and I'm putting you guys against each other. Right. So that's what it, that's what, it, so again, it's a process of when it comes down to be that. Now I'm, I'm not saying it's right, but I'm, what I, you know, when the question is asked, I'm looking at it, you know, a whole broad. So now we get to, you know, the process of the seventies and the eighties. We're fighting for rights, you know, all of this and all we still, you know, still having to battle and deal with, you know, trying to, you know, living in the ghetto and whatever that we want to say, still trying to make money to provide for our family and it's not happening. So now we look to drugs, we find the drugs. So now she's struggling because she, 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 you either got that woman that haven't, you know, haven't failed to that temptation, but still going on them people's jobs, being a waitress, going to this, working at this mess, working at this country club, whatever the case is. So she's looking at you or looking at the man. <laughs> oh, you, you ain't this. You ain't that. You ain't so what she see. You ain't what she at see at them country clubs. Club. Right, right. You ain't what you said at the country club. So now she looking at, look at, he looking at you. Like, I can't even believe you. you don't, do you understand every time I try to go get a job and how they treat me and how they look at me? <laughs> they keep denying it. me. It's like on that Tyler Perry movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm just sitting out here. Doing that. So now, when you're talking about society, when you're talking about society, how society see a black man as opposed to seeing a black woman, and not to use this as no excuse, but that, they're more comfortable with, white, with, with black women on the work in, in the workplace. Right. Mm. You know, so, you know, when a black woman goes to get a job, I think she's more apt to get that job quicker than a black man applying for that, especially if it's a, if it's a, if it's a, mm. uh, uh, entry level position. Absolutely. Because again, Absolutely. you know, just looking at the black man, just looking at my skin color is, uh, a weapon, you know, mm-hmm. So do you think a light so, do you think a light skinned dude will get the job before you? You know he would. What are you asking? He said you know, say it. You know he will. <laughs> <laughs> what you think? You know he <laughs> will. This dude got built. This dude got built. I'm the same compassion as you, brother. I'm in pops. I'm the same compassion as you. Then he knew the answer to that question. Look in the media, look in the media, look at, look on TV, look at magazine, look around it, then you can answer that question for yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I'm the red negro. Yeah, William Red. Yeah. William Red. Yeah, he get the job. he get the job. Yeah, he get the, the job for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> Come here, sit down, William. Let me talk to you. They ain't gonna let me go so far. They gonna put me in the mail room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he, and, and he, he can speak too, so he might let him. <laughs> <laughs> in the supervisor in the mail room. In the mail room, in the mail room, and then this with the dishes in this room. Oh, on the back dock. I wouldn't stay long because you know, you know, us red, us red brothers. We got some things, and you know, Malcolm, brother Malcolm X. You know, he was a red brother. But he, yeah, he was. Oh yeah, brother, oh yeah, yeah. 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 But he was, he was speaking for all the brothers though. Yeah. That's my. I think. Uh, I think. Um, Today, right in today, and um, I wish um, Brian we would have this conversation. But I think back in the day, um, black men had to had to 
really fight the the Come white on. man. So when they say the, Come the, on, Brian. the white man, you know, hold me, held me down. You know, we say that. Come on, we grew up on saying that. Oh, Lord. but I think now it has shifted. You know, away from the white man, and now we're fighting an institution. It's it's an inst- a whole institution now. Um, so yeah, you you think it always been the institution? It's all been systematic. Yes, systemic. Yes, systemic. Okay. Okay. You know, I, can, I can dig that. I can. Yeah. I definitely can dig that. Hey, hold on for a minute. But I just know the fight. The fight has intensified. Oh, you gotta come over. I can't see. You. Yeah. Or you won't come over here. Yeah. But I can, I'm gonna fix the shot. No man. Hey, Brian, um, Brian, about to get on. Hold on. Are you? Can you, you want to sit over here? Uh oh. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I yeah, think you have yeah. the camera on me now. Brian, about to come on. Pops, he's our, our production engineer. Oh yeah, intelligent brother. Intelligent, smart as. What's up, William? <laughs> and he's a and, and he's a um. What are you? Certified white person. Been yeah. with my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> CWP. <laughs> he's been with my entire life. I carry I carry my white privilege card around with me. <laughs> Tell him again. <laughs> Tell him if we got stopped, what you gonna do, Brian? Ah, it's my joke. <laughs> hey Brian, if you got stop, we'll tell them what card you gonna pull out. I'm gonna pull out the white privilege card. Man. <laughs> I, keep it, I keep it right here. Hang on. Tell that speedy ticket over. Huh? Hey, you yeah. give me this. this shit. <laughs> and that's Don't worry. Like, it comes with my ID. I keep it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it says right there, race white. Like there you go. There that's your privilege card. You gotta let me go. <laughs> you gotta let me go and protect my friends too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. And they're with me. It's the best thing you can cut in line and everything. You like, Excuse me. Excuse me. Here you go. Here you go. Oh my God, Brian. <laughs> hey, um pre college admission. Brian is special. Not slow bus special. Oh, yeah. But he, he's special because he sit here and he listened to all these conversations we had. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I like about him? He gives the truth. Not not yeah. Right. Not the not the um, white person truth, not the black people truth. Right. He just give you the middle truth. Yeah. I tried to. One day, oh, me, yeah. one day, me, him, and Dory was having a conversation. We think alike because I was gonna say the same thing. But I'm. Um, you want to tell a story? Yeah. So listen, one day we were having a conversation in here, and and um, uh, me, Jamel, and Brian, and we were talking about George Floyd. Brian made. Come we were talking about George Floyd and, and what happened to George Floyd. Brian made okay. a, a statement that absolutely blew my mind. Uh-oh. And, it looked kind of crazy for a minute. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 and we were looking side-eyed. We were looking side-eyed at him because this was, it, it was like still fresh, you know, it was still fresh. And he made the, the he said, and I, he's going to put it in his words, but he said he wasn't, George Floyd wasn't an icon. But I'm, but I'm going to let Brian explain. Yeah. I'm going to let him explain. Oh, yeah. Okay, so George Floyd, the icon versus George Floyd, the man. Um, there's, there's, there's two things. There's two sides to every one of these people, like Mahatma Gandhi, um, Mother Teresa, all these people. As an icon, George Floyd stands for a lot more than George Floyd, the man, does. It doesn't really okay. matter. It doesn't really matter what kind of man George Floyd really was, because he stands for something that resonates with all of us. That's true. And right. 
and George Floyd, the man, he, he wasn't a perfect man. He wasn't a good man. He was just a man like you or me. It could, it could be anybody. But the icon is what is, is so important to, to giving us something to rally around, to talk and have this discussion on the dysfunctions that we have in our society and the dysfunctions we have, in, particularly with policing. So that okay. was pretty much all I had to say about that. No, 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 was not an icon. He was not a guy to look up to. Yeah, but something bad happened to him that causes that caused a a movement that you can kind of look up to and be proud right. of. Right. So it's like being proud of the move the movement. But George yeah. Floyd wasn't an icon. I would say that he. Right. I would say that George Floyd, the guy, the man, is not indicative of what a good black man an example of what good black men do and what good black men are oh, wow. I, I, wow. i'm just saying wow. I, I don't think he, he i don't i don't think he was i think he was an example of a man of, of a regular guy um wow well, I, I, have, I, I had that i had that too will i had that too will yeah i i could be wrong he could have been an yeah. excellent guy um but the thing is the thing that that bothered me about it is that every day there are examples that go unlooked and unexamined and unlauded of particularly good men, conspicuously good men that go purposefully ignored. But the minute one thing happens to someone, what we rally around is that, that icon of what that stood for when there was a guy pleading saying, I can't breathe, and there's a guy standing on his neck that smiled at the camera, right? Well, that's okay. something that resonate resonates with us, and that that's a very powerful thing. So that's all I had to say. Right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Which, what do you I think? Mean, you know what? I, I, Who's speaking? No, no. I hold up. Go ahead. I, I, I digress. You know, I, and, I, I, and I'll say that I, I can, I can see that, and I can actually even accept that. Again, this is no disrespect to. Um, humankind or, or, or mankind itself. But that's just like me as a pastor and I have to preach over uh, people that die and they pass away, right? Now, <laughs> if I know, I'm just, and I'm just talking in general, if I know that the person that I'm speaking over wasn't no good, just not a good, <laughs> just not a good person, then why would I get up and lie about it? Mm. That's heavy, there, buddy. Damn. But, but every day, I'm, I'm just. I'm, but every man, I mean, again, yeah, yeah. For every for every man, so just in general, if if I'm, you know, we, you know, we want you certain such died, and okay, oh, I'm sorry. Matter of fact, I'm gonna take it a step. Before, I'm gonna take it a step before. The Bible says, "You live by the sword, you die by it." Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So if, if if a man or a woman, however it may be, and if someone tells me how they they die. They went in. They went into somebody's house and to steal from them, <laughs> and not knowing that the person was home and the person killed. Yeah. Now again, we know them on a regular to be a thief. You know what I'm saying? Someone that always trying to hurt somebody, all that kind of stuff. So again, I'm just, I'm just, I'm you know thinking about what Brian said and just thinking in general according to life. Why would I lie? I'm not going now. If I, 
now me on the other hand, if I know somebody like that, then I'm just gonna focus on giving the people a word. I'm not gonna focus on talking about personal life. Yeah, <laughs> just gonna focus on that makes sense. Right. That makes sense though. Yeah. So, so you said just focus on um, not George Floyd character, but what happened? Yeah, the icon. Right. And, and, and that's right. That you're you're absolutely right. Every person has good and bad in them. I have I have good camera angles and I have bad camera angles. That's true for everybody, even the people that we make icons out of, right? So when when wow. somebody when you look at people who who see the icon of George, when you look at racists, reactionary racists, will will take the discussion of what George Floyd stood for and bring up imperfections in his character and be like, no, no, George Floyd wasn't a good man. We need to recognize that there's a separation between what this icon that we all resonate with, there's a separation between the icon, how we remember, how we, the community, receive each other, and how we actually are. That applies for everybody, right? No, no one, no one, you know, let ye without sin cast the first stone, right? When you start attacking people's character, no one, no, no one is innocent. So, but yeah. why, but why is it like that though? Why why I can remember when um oh I I feel like I'm disrespecting him because I can't even remember his name right now. But he 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 got killed um some years back, and we didn't focus. Well, the media didn't focus on the the murder. They they were quick to talk about well hours before he just but robbed the robbed yeah he just robbed a store for some cigarettes. Or the police saw him walking on the wrong side of the street. We, we, we immediately go to that. When when uh, Brianna Taylor got killed, we we went to she's dead, but well, her boyfriend was a drug dealer. But you you dismiss right. the fact that it always happens though, and I, and I don't understand like it's, why. Because the lesson the blow. Yeah. They do it every time. The value to life. So since you since you since you robbed the store, well maybe you deserve to die. <sighs> Well, or maybe right. your death don't, don't right. mean so much. Right, right. They they right. do it every time, yeah. and and they do it because of subliminal systematic racism. Because to all those people, to all those white people listening, once you give them just a little bit of this person robbed us, then they're cool with it. They're like, that's good. That's good. Right. That that's why the media does that every time. That's good stuff. Did I say something wrong. No, I also heard that. You say you say that wrong, <laughs> but. That's a. They do. They do that every time, and and that. I. That's why I was talking about with, with George Floyd is that I always want to get it out the way that whenever you talk about people who died de facto by the law by the U.S. Constitution, they died an innocent man. Maybe they didn't. The law doesn't. The law doesn't tell you who's good and bad. They tell you who's innocent and guilty, right? When you die because a police officer kills you without due process, you died innocent. I don't care if you just murdered a school of people. You died innocent. You need due process. That's, that's absolutely fact. The law in the United States does not differentiate between good people and bad people. God does that, not the law. We, we're not in good people, bad people. But we judge each other based off of that. So as soon as, as, soon as some innocence happens that is intolerable, that we need to correct the way the system will cover for itself, is they will immediately go to attack that person's character and take up whatever bad they have, which everybody has, and they will show that first front and center. Right. right. And, and that's oh, yeah. that's good. That's good there, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the MO. That's the MO. That's, you know, that's the MO. That's always been the MO. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, first, you have to uh, discredit the person. 
Mm. You know, a smear campaign. Yeah. Right. Right. So, and that ain't people coming to drink. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and notice what's going yeah, on. This, yeah. this is not a one-way street for this tactic. It's always about this between groups of people because we're willing to accept the other group of person, the, the person from the other tribe is we should not invest in their well-being, right? If, if, some, if some white guy has something bad happen to him and then the community said, yeah, but he said some really racist stuff in Twitter when he was nine or something, then, then all of a sudden we're cool with that, right? Because as soon as you, you, you pitch to one group that you should be complicit in what wrong happened to this character because of some bad things they did or some bad flaws in their character, it works every time in every direction. It's not just something that happens just to black people by getting um, white people to excuse the violence and misjustices uh, upon them. It happens anywhere between two groups. I mean, friggin' Indians and Pakistanis do this. Mm. It's, it's all over the world. It's baked into oh. human nature. That's good stuff. Wow. Yeah. That's good stuff. <laughs> Somebody say something. Oh, you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that was it. <laughs> hey, hey, you, hey, that's why we can't let them talk too much, man. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I feel the cool, same way. As group, it's true. Cool, you know, especially as group, we are classes. That 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 part is true. But yeah. when you when you're talking tribalism, when you're talking tribalism, we're talking about let's say the United States, right? Uh, when we're talking about groups, we're talking about the dominant, the the majority group. And a minority group. Now, that's just like saying, that's just like saying, uh, if I was going to get a job and I had a high school diploma, or even if I had a bachelor's degree in the United States, chances are, and it's still this way, uh, because of the, the color of my skin, that already diminishes my, uh, so-called capability of doing this job. Now, I, my, on the other hand, I got a guy here, he's a white guy, he has a bachelor's degree, or he might even have a high school diploma and I have a bachelor's degree. And uh, he'll, he'll, he'll end up being my boy. Yeah. yeah. Now, that's tribalism, a nepotism and tribalism, oh. but you got to look at the, 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 the majority tribe, the one who's running, the one who's, you know, the one, the, the one in power. Oh, e- even worse. And so, just- yeah, I understand what you're saying in terms of tribalism. I understand that. But when tribalism, but when you got the, the tribe with the majority, then you got a tribe of minority. Well, I don't see what well, the behavior may be the same. The consequences for one may not be the same for the other. That's all I'm saying. Do you understand? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's always, right. it's always so asymmetrically sense? in favor of the majority. Whichever majority group there is in a society will always have the leverage to oppress the minority. It just, that happens. That's the way it is. Um, sure. But what you talked about with the jobs is you're, you're right that it is harder to get, it's not hard to get certain jobs as minorities. But the thing is, is that the jobs that it's not super hard to get you are the first guy to get let go as soon as something goes wrong. You're the fall guy. I've yeah. seen it myself multiple yeah. times. Yeah. Like when anything happened, like the grind shop I used to work in, this guy used to keep one black guy on the floor. And anytime, anytime he would have a QA issue, the, the, the black guy would go and get a new black guy. Like I've seen it. So it, it's, it's very different. It, it's, 
you're right. It is it is different based off of tribes in the United States. And l- let's talk about this tribalism thing and where it comes from. So, well, it's all over. Before before you start, that's all over. The United States is racism. In other countries, it's uh, it's caste. Yeah. In other countries, it's apartheid. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's all over. Mm-hmm. That, is so a, go ahead. Go ahead. that is a human thing. I would say that while the U.S. while these these trends and the, the just the reality of life definitely applies to the United States, as far as any particular nation in history, the United States is a melting pot, and we have we do we do better at this than the rest of history, right? We're, we are sitting here having this conversation. This does not happen between the Sunni and Shia Muslims. It doesn't happen between India's and, India and Pakistan. It certainly doesn't happen in East Asia, right? So we we don't we, we tend to we tend to give ourselves a harder time that's both deserved and undeserved. These are real problems that do, that do exist, but we're, we are talking about them. We're, we're, we're doing... But let me ask you this. Yeah. How many other Brian Smith are out there that's talking like that? Most of them. With? I, I would say most of them, at least most, most of the people. Yeah. Mo- most white people today, and this is, another gro- this is another thing that people don't like to talk about, we have had propaganda since the 1970s to train white people to not have a strong uh, in-group bias. Every group has a strong in-group bias except for white Americans or, or white people. White people have the opposite. They have an out-group bias. It's a weird thing. White guilt is a whole different conversation. It, white people get uncomfortable about it, but it's a real thing. Um, but what I, wanted to talk, what I wanted to say about tribalism is where it comes from, why it's a problem, is it, it comes from human, human history. Human, human history, we, we would get together in bands of like 150 people, and we would, that's how we survived. We would do agriculture, we would do permaculture, we would have routes, we'd have territories. And one of the major threats to your tribe and your, and your society is if the adjacent tribe ran out of women or had some survival issues, the adjacent tribe could come screw you up. This is, this is replete throughout human history. So we are hyper aware of the, the message of them other people over there are trying to take our women. Them other people over there are trying to, to kill our kids. We're, we're hyper aware of that because that's been part of human survival for a very, very long time. Um, where it breaks down is we are in currently in untreaded waters with humanity. We, we live in a global, integrated society. The whole world trades with the whole world today. And we are trying to integrate not just hundreds of millions of people, we're trying to integrate billions of people to get along. The entire world has tens of thousands of nuclear warheads that keeps pointing at its own head all the time. All right? When you bring tribalism, you know, when you bring a hierarchical primate species with tribalistic tendencies to this table, and you say, from now on, for probably millions of years, you are going to have to survive on this planet without pulling the trigger and nuking yourself. Good luck. Now tribalism has got to go. You, you, you cannot have, you, you just can't do that. You, you, you got to start integrating people. You got you to start getting rid of your ability to destroy each other because we have this one shot. Once once war kicks off between industrialized nations, the next one that kicks off is the last one that'll kick off because we're extinct after that. 
Mm. So, so we, we, we can't keep, we, we can't keep abusing each other. And if you, if you care about living, leaving a world to your children where your children will survive the next 50 years, you better start talking to people from different tribes and, and sorting stuff out and being like, this is, this is what, yeah. where it comes from. And this is where it goes wrong. This is what we can do to heal. This is how we, you will never be able, you will never be able to get past this if, if we damn the future because we can't let go of the past, right? Mm. If, mm. if I'm, you know, Canada or the U.S., and I say, hey, you know what, uh, we're just 1912, the, the War of 1812, we're not really ready. There, there's so much wrong, so much of our past is incompatible with the only way we can survive our future. We, we just can't keep going on at each other's throats. Mm. I, mean, I mean, really, we got... Okay, we got I'm glad. Well, you, know you know what? And I hear you. And, and idealistically, yeah. you're on point. But it's only idealistic. No, it, it can't be. Because if you, look at, if you look at the state of the world now, if you look at social economics, you look at conservation, you look at environment, what you're, what you're talking is just idealism. Because in actuality, we're not trying to live like that. We're not trying to. It's just, just look at conservation. Look at what we're leaving our kids. Or in this case, what we're not leaving them. They're going to curse us out. Our great lands are going to curse us. They're going to curse us because we live in a society. And that's a racism aside, just as a whole. But again, when we're talking about society, you always you got to talk about the, the dominant tribe, the one that has the influence, the most influence on our everyday lives, and and frankly, that's white people as far as I, mm-hmm. and as far for the last fifty six years. So when you look at who's who's in control, it's crazy. And, 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 and would you agree with that? I agree completely. That's that's changing. That's swiftly be, that's swiftly becoming the Han Chinese. White well, West, so. white what? No, you don't. Let's hope so. No, we don't want the Han Chinese to do this, or the or, or the Con- well, no, 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 well, no, well, 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 again, you know, no, not no, we don't want that. But I'm talking. I'm sticking to it's changing. Just yeah. the fact that it's changing, not necessarily who hands is changing too, but change too. Um, and so when we look at and capitalism, the role capitalism play in all, you can't dismiss that. Uh, greed, gluttony. We're using all our resources up. And as a result, we're trying to cut certain groups and tribes out because we're, they're feeling like, well, they're not contributing. They're more of a Liabilities and the asset, we take all this stuff into consideration as to what's going on. And so the ones that are, are liability, everything's being done to just cut them out serious because we're looking at them as a liability. They're not contributing. Yeah. And You're... you know, the byproduct of capitalism is poverty. Would you agree? Um, so about the poverty of capitalism, uh, and, and, and capitalism v. socialism is an interesting topic. First off, you're, you're right. 
you're right that I'm being idealistic about the next hundred years or so. Um, and you're also right that these injustices and these pa- parts of our elm- parts of our past might be irreconcilable, right? And that makes our odds of survival for the next hundred years like go to the floor. Um, you, uh, what I'm describing isn't like if Brian had a magic paintbrush and could paint, you know, ponies and unicorns for everybody. What I'm describing <clears throat> is the minimum amount of idealism that we must be able to achieve to survive the next hundred years without killing ourselves. And, and you're right. That's a, actually a very tall order because that's not the way we're heading. Now, um, about capitalism and poverty. Capitalism's poverty is a strange double-edged sword. Capitalism does produce poverty in the financial sense. There, there, if you do central banking finance, there's always more debt circulating than there is um, capital to pay it off. It's like musical chairs. That's why you always see homeless people in highly developed capitalist economies because they all use that financial system, right? So it makes financial poverty, relative financial poverty. But the other byproduct of capitalism is extreme and perverse and unbelievable, like unbelievable emotion, uh, not emotional, unbelievable material wealth. The kinds of things that are symptomatic of poverty in, in just America, things like obesity, diabetes, and clutter in your house. You have too many calories. Right. Your calories are too sweet, too high on the glycemic index. Mm-hmm. You have really quick, right. rare oh, calories. And then, right. and then your, your house is cluttered. You have too many possessions. Right? Yeah. These, are, right. these are all symptoms of extreme material wealth in the face of financial poverty. So you could, you could maybe make an argument saying that the kinds of material wealth that capitalism produces are like you know, planned obsolescence, the kinds of things that we offload onto people are really, the stuff is more of a liability than it is an asset. Right. You, could, you could maybe say that. that that's ultimately up to um, personal choices though. Right, we humans were evolved to have a very acute sense of sweet because that does not exist in our natural diet. We need to be extremely acute on being able to taste sugar. We had that conversation before. Very, very, and and because- I think that's required. I, I don't know if that. I don't know if that. I don't know if that that genetically we have an acute taste for sweet. I think. I, I think that that has. That has evolved. That that is something that we've acquired. Um, we've acquired a resistance to the sensation of sweet. But no, every every tribe of humans ever has a very acute sense of sweet and salt. So when we first make when anthropologists make contact with uncontacted tribes, there are two things we bring them: we bring them salt and we bring them sugar, because they understand that and they can taste that, and that's rare. And that's, that is the creme de la creme, salt, sugar. Like if you ask people who are hunting in the Kalahari what the best things in life are, they will tell you meat and they will tell you honey. Those are the two best things in life, according to them. Um, so no, that's a, every human understands sweet and understands salt. It's rare in our diet. It's very difficult to survive and acquire those things. So we have to have acute senses for them. That's why I asked the question earlier about <clears throat> where, where are the other that idea where are the other Brian Smith and again we understand the dynamics of who is controlling what because if if, if they, we had more Brian Smith that we know of to be able to actually have this discussion more but also have the application with it 
then we could actually see that actual shame, you know, be manifested. That's that's the whole the whole thing for me is for us to actually, you know, start making the adjustment. Not more so having the conversation because everybody have a conversation, right. especially right. you know CNN, Fox News, and all of that. You bringing in certain ones to come in to talk from one tribe to from another tribe to continue to have it circulate. So we keep having these conversations and bringing different people on, you know, every uh, as a cycle within every six months to a year period. But all the stuff is still happening. Poverty is still being manifested. You know, gun violence is still being manifested. All that stuff is still taking place. Right. And so, so it's again, are we going to bust down the doors to say, hey, just like one nineteen media group is doing, are we going to be able to to take it because it's open? I think it's open road from here. So are we going to take advantage of open road road from here? When, we, when when before we had to get, you know, we had you, you had to go through certain channels to get through a network to be able to actually speak to an audience. So now that this platform has been given to us and it's open road for it, you know, now is the time to okay, see if they can, we're listening. You know what? What are we gonna do? You know what are we doing? Let's let's do what we got to do yeah. to make to make those things happen. It goes back to the assignment. The assignment. Where's the plan of systematic action? Right. Yep. Um. So so yeah, there, there's plenty of plans of systematic action, and like if you if you sit down in groups of young socialists who all have IQs over 140, who are all very smart people, um. All they do is they sit down, they make plans, and they talk about intellectual stuff. They never really actuate stuff. So one of the reasons why I'm at 119 is because there's a, spe- there's a specific pattern that generates success. One, you have to have a vision of where you're going. You have to know where you're going. And two, you have to make two steps every day. You have to do as, at least as good as you did yesterday. And then you have to take another step and make tomorrow better than today was. And it, as long as you endure and continue that process, you will achieve success in whatever direction you're trying to go. So the reason why I'm with 119 is that is exactly the behavior pattern that Jamel Light has. He, he just innately does it. He's, he's brilliant about it. So, um, Jamel Light, woo! Yeah. You heard that word? He said brilliant. Yeah. I'm, uh, you I'm, called me brilliant in front of my dad. I'm here. You need to be proud of Jamel. Jamel's... <laughs> There are very, I'm very proud. There are very, very few men uh, like Jamel. Uh, most people wash out when the time before you get to success. Oh. There's this long tail of stuff where it oh. looks like you're doing nothing, and then it hockey sticks. And when you hear about exponential growth, everybody thinks about the hockey stick, the yield where people are just taking in tons of cash. What they what they don't think about and what they don't understand is that. Because it's exponential, there's this long tail where it looks like you're really doing nothing. And the guy who does some linear thing, like does a job or whatever, he's going to outpace you. He's going to leave you in the dust for 10 years, maybe 20 years, maybe, your enti- maybe most of your life. But because you kept your eye on that exponential goal and you kept at it, as long as you can endure the, that, the length of that tail, you'll eventually get to the growth period. And as, as long as you keep your focus on the next horizon, the next element of the horizon, and you keep stepping towards it, there's no limit to where you can go. So with one, yeah. Go ahead, no, no, go ahead, finish that. Yeah, with, with 119, um, I mean, Jamel, Jamel bring, brought up a good point to me, uh, that you really don't, you, you play your cards kind of close to your chest. Um, 
you don't talk about stuff before you're willing, you, before you're ready to go get it. Um, so I, I don't want to get into exactly going back to like what the plan of action is. Um, I don't, we only talk about the next thing we're actually directly chasing. And right now it's production quality. But in terms of like, yeah, why is it that all of these things die at conversation? People talk, 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 and, and nothing happens. Well, because the people talking stop <laughs> at talking. They don't, they don't have any plan of action. They're not trying to usher in a social movement. If they are doing a social movement, the only things that stick are when power understands, finds out a way to consolidate power. Like in every social revolution, in every like wonderful triumph that we have, in behind the scenes, there's always some stuff that we, the regular people of the world, would recognize as corruption happening. Right? And this is very recognized as what? I'm sorry. As, as corruption happening. When, whenever okay. we have, yeah, whenever we have some great revolution or something that everybody believes in as, as a great thing, behind it is some conspiracy stuff going on. Powerful people found out how to consolidate power further. And that's why that, that thing is allowed. And it, it's kind of the ugly, like, this is how sausage is made. But you have to appease that. You, you, have to, you have to take care of that whole dimension of it. And when you see young idealists who, um, who when they're young, they you know, think about how the world should work, the ones who, quote unquote, make it are the ones who found out that behind the scenes that real, whatever... whatever um, instigates change is always further consolidation of power. So this is why uh, Hillary Clinton, who was a hippie idealist in the 60s, is now like the epitome of the U.S. deep state. And she's a success story. All the other young idealists either got crushed or wiped out or had to sell out and work for the man or something like that. But she became the man. So Oh, yeah. and, and, and there's a lot of dirty stuff like we, we can we we can and should talk about uh real c- conspiracies and how conspiracy and conspiracy theory uh should be thought of uh, we, we can do that it's a whole separate conversation though that would be my conversation i can't wait to that. Mm. I, I, I love I, I love real conspiracy right? theories <laughs> why <laughs> But I hear you, Brian. I hear you, Brian. I just wanted to yeah. really introduce Brian to the world. Yeah, he, you just did. I like to stay behind the camera. <laughs> I don't like him out. Yeah, you, you, uh, you just did. He let me do the emotional yeah, part, and he just come dropping facts. Yeah, he just prophetically spoke over your life. So he's a prophet too. My God. <laughs> did you know that prophets don't? <laughs> Uh-huh. Prophets don't exist as people; they exist uh, in the eye of the beholder. Ooh. Yeah. So, like Muhammad yeah. and Yeshua of Nazareth, those were people with people problems. But as an icon, they became a prophet. Ooh. I like the word prophet. Yeah. Yeah. So, let me ask you that: What do you guys think of Camilla Harris? Camilla is that her name? Camilla Harris. What do you think Kamala. of Yeah, Kamala. Yeah, um, <clears throat> she was introduced <clears throat> prior to being elected as uh, the vice president. When she was introduced to uh, the public, uh, especially black people, she was introduced as black. Am I correct? She's Indian. Right. Mm-hmm. Y'all y- y- do know that woman's not black, right? She's Indian. 
And, that, and, it, and, it, and it goes much deeper than color. It goes much deeper than ethnicity. Well, color anyway. Um, she's India. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, she's from India. So, yeah, she her her okay. And, and India and India and just like Mahatma Gandhi was from India. India has a caste system. Are you guys familiar? Well, are you guys familiar with the caste system of India? The untouchable. Oh, the caste it's system. Different, yeah, the caste system. Yeah, the Brahmins and all that. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, she comes. Up, she comes out of that system. Yeah, she's. And she's so, I, I, right. I can. I can do that. She comes. What was that? Will. Do we lose him? Yeah, I think we lost him. Back on. Oh, uh, Jamel's uh, calling. Yeah. Yeah, I um, think back on. So. Kamala Harris. Um, all right, so it's not really about Kamala Harris. I don't. I don't know her. I'm sure she's a person just like all of us. Um, that means there's good and bad in her. But what I can comment on. I, I, I don't know what happened. What happened? Here? Yeah. Um, Hold on. Let me let me try to get. Yeah, we here. Okay. Yeah. So, you here, we? I don't know. Yeah, I'm here, man. I don't know if it's the. Uh, it's the elite up there trying to cut us off, man. They ain't want to come. <laughs> they don't want to hear this one right here. <laughs> nah, that's not how. But... Find out Brian was on the line. Oh, no. <laughs> there was one time Real Talk 360 was delivering Hello? the fire. What's up? Go ahead. Everybody still here? Yeah, I'm here. We got William and Mr. Lyde. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Camilla Harris. Uh, uh, who are we calling? My pops here. Oh, your pops. Up. Pops dropped. Gotcha. We're going to get it. Mr. Lyde. You hear me, Scott? Yeah, hold on, Scott Lyde. William, Willie Jr., you here? No, I was saying, I was saying she she she's from India and she come she she comes from the caste system in India, and that caste system is a system of racism, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, pretty much any power structure that classifies people is going to be, you know, heavily involved with race. Um, well, I think it. Everybody gone now. Everybody. Yeah. Still keep talking though. It's just us. Yeah. So, um, Camilla Harris. I can't. I don't know Camilla Harris. I would assume that she's a, a a person that has good things and bad things about her, just like everybody else. But what I can comment on is the nature of power and the machine or the man and every generation there's a dominant ideology or a popular ideology of the time and every generation power is going to put on a mask of whatever the dominant ideology was so for the baby boomers the dominant ideology was conservatism so you had the neoconservative movement and the neoconservative movement put on that conservative mask and does what power always does which is consolidate more power which means things like you know, large, ever larger corporations, regulatory capture, moving factories overseas, choking out your opportunities, and uh, going to war. And and now there's a new generation coming up, the millennials. Their ideology is liberalism. So we have power putting on a liberal face. Whatever you need this face to look like, it's going to look like that. And it's going to do what power does every time. So the only thing I have to say about Camilla Harris 
and in relation to her ethnicity or, or ethnicity as it's portrayed by any person in power is don't be fooled. Right. Right. That, that, that person's there because power selected them to be there. Correct. They're not there. They're not there as a representative of their race or color or anything. They're a representative of power to specific people. Okay. I like that. The other thing is that... Yeah. Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was about to wrap up. Go ahead. Oh, um, the, the other thing is that we're going to see power put on more minority faces now. And it's because... Uh, white people have been propagandized for since the 1970s to to abandon their in-group bias. Look, this is something I, be, I, I, I'm, I stand behind. I think we should propagandize white people and say, look, you need to not be prejudiced. That's important. But now the reason why we're going to see more minority faces is because the white people, the people who, who do 70% of the voting, that's what they want to see. So that's what they get. So don't be fooled. These people are not allies just because they have a particular color skin or whatever. So. I got you. I think you gave him too much today, Brian. Okay. <laughs> no, you ain't got to leave right now before we write the show up. But um, I, I was relegated to saying, mm. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, yeah. I, 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 sorry I, if I tend to rant. I didn't go close it out. We yeah. out. <laughs> Thank y'all. <laughs>